gamu Oman jurte abosu eshu Zute yalagi I'm Cheryl from The Observatory. Happy 2021! Welcome to Episode 3 of Black Kaji Radio. And this is Segment 1, The Black Box, Unreleased Works. Hi, I'm Mark from Uji Kaji. And we are halfway through our series of four radio programs for you. And what you've just heard is a track called Taking a Long Stroll in the Mall by a Singapore and New York-based artist, Zhou Zhao. Zhou Zhao um, is very much active in the contemporary art scene and she makes a lot of um, video works. Um, she also works with her voice and she's very much interested in looking at folk music traditions and traditional music and reinterpreting them. And the next track is titled Snake Mine from Israf. Israf is a Singapore-based producer and drummer whose styles range from harsh noise to experimental electronic music. Most would remember him as the drummer of the now-defunct band The Psalms, but this is his solo work. He also has a duo with Mamat called Slow Talk. Everyone should check them out.
And the track you have just heard is titled Silently Overlapping Each Other by Chris Cole, who is a Canadian sound artist based in Berlin. She uses seemingly mundane materials to create texturally nuanced works that continuously retune the year. We have also had the pleasure of Chris coming to play freely 2017 No Man's Land. And the next track will be something by Bunny Heichel. Bunny Heichel is um, presenting a piece called Semua Nak Chapat Aku Nak Jogit. And it is, as he describes, a kind of a duet with his laptop computer.
So welcome to segment two. This is something called Unpacking the Packing, Interviews and Conversations. For this episode, we have The Observatory speaking with Negi Negi Tapes. Hi, I'm Chiwai from The Observatory. We caught up with Derek Debru from Nega Nega Tapes in late November 2020 while they were busy preparing for the online version of the Nega Nega Festival. Nega Nega is a collective in Kampala, Uganda, that promotes outsider music, primarily electronic, by African artists. Nega Nega has been active since 2015. Hello everybody, welcome to Black Kaji Radio, um, we are the Observatory. So today we have Chimai, myself, Cheryl. Dharma. Yeah. And we are talking to Derek from Nega Nega. Hey guys, how are you? Thanks a lot for, uh, for this opportunity. Glad to be in touch. Maybe you want to tell us about um, the label? Yeah, so my name is Derek. Um, I've been been living in Uganda for about 12 years and uh, I'm involved with a project here called uh, Nige Nige, Nige Nige Festival, uh, which also runs uh, two record labels called uh, Akuna Kulala and Nige Nige Tapes. And basically uh, the aim of this, uh, of this project is uh, to articulate uh, expressions of uh, a community of artists throughout uh, East Africa that operates sort of on on what we can call the periphery or the margins in terms of their uh, sound and their music production. So that project was started six years ago, uh, initially out of small events that would um, put together sort of non-conventional lineups and um, attracted a lot of people that uh, were looking for a different type of spaces to, uh, to party and, and also to, uh, to enjoy music. And so from there, uh, the party sort of grew into uh, a small uh, rave that then turned into a, a, a bigger festival. And uh, we also have a house in uh, which I'm now. Um, and it's a, um, a big house that has our studios and that has uh, basically facilities for uh, musicians and artists to come and either stay for some time to develop a project or come during the day when uh, they stay in Kampala for, for trainings or for using the studios or the DJ equipment or just to come for advice. And, um, and then some artists get to stay here for a sort of prolonged time. And then we also organize international collaborations. Uh, we did have uh, one with Indonesia that we were extremely happy about with uh, Arsia and Gabriel Modis Operandi that work with a, a xylophone troupe. Um, so that's a little bit our, our project. We, um, we offer sort of, we try and offer every sort of um, need that an artist could have, depending on where they are. And uh, it could be as simple as, you know, giving someone music or maybe borrowing some equipment or letting them utilize the studio or connecting them with someone up to uh, really people starting music from, uh, from, uh, from this space and sort of growing over time and then utilizing the different platforms, be it the festival, the events, or, uh, or the label to further uh, promote themselves. I, I remember I met you, I think it was 2017 at CTM. Yeah. And I think that was uh, probably two years or three years into the first Nega Nega Festival. Right? Yeah. And, then, and 
And I think you were telling me that within those two, three years, the number of people attending the festivals was already, the number was already quite quite a large number. So how, how did, how did Nigga Nigga festival or tapes grow so quickly and so fast in that? Mm. I think there, it was probably a question of timing, that uh, the timing was really good uh, because there was not really this kind of festival throughout East Africa where, where people come and camp for four days and, you know, see also sort of like some more popular mainstream music, but also get to experience a lot of different kind of music from the continent as well as, you know, different acts we would bring. And uh, Ugandans has a, has a really good um, sort of music culture and party culture. So as soon as, you know, this model in the beginning was a bit difficult because people just didn't know what it was about. And, uh, but we also have a, a big policy of uh, sort of giving out a lot of free tickets. So that really drove also uh, the numbers. And, but, and luckily, everybody that came just came back to Kampala or to Nairobi or Kigali, you know, in the region and promoted it because they had such a great time. And, uh, and so it was, I think, a good fit between uh, Ugandans and Ugandans trying to look for a different way to sort of enjoy music. And uh, they'd, they'd sort of heard about festivals, but few had ever attended one. And uh, at least this type of festival, this sort of music camping festival. And so people got really excited. And um, the first year we had about 500 people, but then this groove, then the next year we had maybe a thousand and then 3000. And, and, and last year we had about 12,000 people uh, come to the festival. And um, yeah, people are just so excited. You know, it's like, it's like Christmas over here. Also people in that area, they get a lot of jobs. You know, we, we get a lot of artists from, from Uganda to, to perform. So it's really a community, um, a community thing. And the, the people have embraced it. Uh, we've also, you know, have the support of, of, uh, sort of the, the, the national TV and national radios. And, um, and yeah, and maybe at some point there was a bit of controversy around the festival that might have also helped to uh, make people even more curious. I was talking to Cass earlier this morning. Cass mm -hmm. from Randy, and, and, yeah, yeah. and he did have a question, like a burning question to ask, which is kind of related to what you just spoke about. He says, mm -hmm. uh, Nigger Nigger seems so organic to present African music um, without, without it feeling like, like uh, you guys or Nigger Nigger is appropriating the, like what, appropriating the music like what most labels do. So he wants yeah. to know, you know how, how you guys strike that balance, how, how you guys do it and how the future is going to be and the challenges and the biggest problems you Nigger Nigger will, will eventually feel or, or face. Yeah. It's a great, uh, it's a great question, and one we we thread about uh, very very carefully. You know the idea of what it means to represent someone, and um, I guess what our our initial sort of direction was that we felt that there was a lot of misrepresentation, and there was a lot of sort of invisible appropriation of the idea of what African music is about. 
And our idea was rather than to tell people what it is, we just want to try and tell people that it is so many, so many things, you know, and because at the end of the day, so, so to break a little bit people's expectations, you know, whether it's, you know, releasing metal music or releasing electronic experimental electronic music or electronic music that wasn't considered electronic before and to put that into a conversation around electronic music that was sort of like our first step to um to basically trying to level the field a little bit in terms of what people expect and also who gets to who gets to um who gets to talk you know and who gets to show what they're doing because even from an african point of view africans are also misrepresenting africa you know, so, so it's also possible, you know, for some, you know, ar African artists to say that, oh, but this is the African sound. But then another artist will say, no, 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 this is also African sound, you know, or, or and one of the problems we've had here, at least for young producers trying to go into, let me say, for example, they want to produce techno or they want to produce electronic music, then their friends uh, would say, oh, but you're just making white people music, you know, so it was very important to rather to get tangled up in what is African sound or what is African music today or where is the scene or where is this or where is that, to just say, actually, it's happening everywhere, every day, in many, 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 many ways. And that's a little bit, you know, what our, what our label tries to, tries to, to do. And, and you can already see this, the reaction to our label and what we're doing is again sort of informed, you know, by Western sort of paradigms of now all of a sudden, oh, Nige Nige is now the thing, you know, and Nige Nige is telling us like, that, you know, I think people just get lazy, you know, they get lazy, they want to hear like, oh, in Indonesia, this is the scene. And then when I'm at a conversation, or I'm in a club and I can drop the same five names, then, you know, I'm sort of know about like the, the Indonesian underground. But how can you talk about, you know, the Indonesian underground when there's like 200 million people there you know, and, and what's underground, you know, to, to who, what's underground to who. So I think it's really important to just be careful not to want to, to represent and just to, to advocate for diversity and, and complexity. Because, uh, I mean, personally, I think, you know, in, in, in this day and age, it's very important to, to embrace the fact that things are complex uh, and in a world where people are constantly trying to simplify everything. Maybe, maybe it's like you, you don't want to represent, but you want to present it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I think when it comes to electronic music, that's really where, you know, we've, we've, we've fought a, um, a hard fight because we, it sounds like electronic music really was techno or house or drum and bass or footwork or all these genres. But actually, and, and when, when, you know, people make Singeli music or Kuduro music or Gom or, or, I mean, Gom may be a bit different, but let me say Singeli, for example, which is this sort of 200 BPM, fast-paced, sort of happy hardcore-ish uh, type of music, that they, when they make that music, they don't think they're making electronic music. They're just making what they're making. But now, this wasn't like, considered electronic music before because it didn't fit into any of these different categories. And now this is changing when, you know, they were playing in CTM, for example, in, 
in Bergheim or, you know, in, in other like, you know, clubs or festivals to people that listen to what they used to know as electronic music and they resonate to that immediately, you know? And so someone that is into Gabber will also be into Singeri, for example, you know, and it, it carries a similar energies. It, it carries a lot of you know, similarities. And I think it's that aspect is very important to sort of decolonize in a way, you know, like what do we see as electronic music and uh, not just about, you know, the people who make it, but also, you know, what's electronic music because, you know, whatever is made on the computer should be electronic, but somehow we, we bring it to, to certain genres and that has also fit a sort of, you know, commercial, commercial reasons, I guess. Next question. Okay, so just judging from um, the music that your label has put out, uh, yeah, when you're talking about a lot of a lot of it is electronic, but it, it's also quite a huge mix of other types of music, and a lot of it has its source from, of course, African music, right? So mm -hmm. I, I was just curious to find out if you have any traditionalists in Africa who would listen to these music and have an opinion about it. Like, why doesn't it sound, or why does it sound different? Or how's the response like, you know? Mm, I think it, uh, it, it depends on, on from project to project. Um, it's hard to say because it, 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 it really depends on, on, on people and, and on, the, on the type of project. So for example, Duma, uh, which we recently released, which is this sort of hybrid metal electronic project from, uh, from Kenya, we love it. We love it. It's a great it's release. Ah, nice, nice, nice. Thank you. So Kenya has a big metal scene, and uh, but that you know is still very like very separated from the rest of the music scene in in uh, in Kenya. It's it's its own thing, and you know if if somebody will hear that, they could either say like, oh, you know, this is like devil worshiping. If uh, they're, you know, or maybe they'll ask like, but are they really singing or are these like lyrics, you know, or then, then other people will be really excited because they're like, oh, you know, I used to listen to this and to that. And I'm, I'm excited that people are also making this, uh, this music here. So I think it comes back a little bit to, to that earlier question of, you know, the, the question of identity. And in today's world, like people are, are, are really... You know, the world can be quite oppressive sometimes in a way that you, you're almost forced to, to assert your identity and to say like, okay, this is me. And that sometimes leaves a bit less space for, for, for thinking that you could also, you know, do different things. So for someone here to, to listen to electronic music that doesn't have lyrics, they might be like, but what is it? You know, and then someone else, um, you know, might think that, oh, it's great that we are also, you know, making this. Why should, you know other people be making this kind of music and we, we don't make it, you know? So some, some of the music really has very referential uh, sort of African traditions, uh, like Niloxica, for example, you know, that, that based the whole project on, you know, traditional Ugandan rhythms. And then some projects, uh, you know, even like projects like Stickback will still like, you know, get influences from, from South Africa, also use a lot of samples. So, but sometimes you, you don't really hear, you know, the, the, the African aspect of it. But um, 
it's so it, it really depends you know it's it's it, i think the world over you know either you're a bit open-minded then you'll be proud to hear that something new is coming from your country and that you recognize something of yours or not but you feel that okay if so if another ugandan is making this i'm also feeling that i'm part of that you know for example afrorak who's making his own you know modular synthesizers and he's he's doing you know really amazing electronic music and some people will say that what are you doing how's it get going to get you a job or what kind of music is this or you know you're just trying to do something like white people are doing and then other people are like wow you know this is amazing we're now making our own synths you know maybe tomorrow you know other people will be able to make their own synths you know like we, you know where he's incorporating different aspects of, of traditions into his productions also you know his his whole setup is called Afrorak you know also as a sort of you know um, symbol so it, I think it really depends and the more people are comfortable with sort of being who they are and 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 not thinking that they owe something to the rest of the world in terms of like you know identity the more it's easy for them to embrace uh, diverse things at, at home you know and otherwise unfortunately people really quickly sort of you know directed towards Europe or or the US you know so if you're making trap then you're just copying the Americans and if you're making electronic music then you're just copying the Europeans and that's but that will that is changing now I think as 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 people really pick up on on new sounds and also I think from an African from a pan-African point of view there's more and more conversations happening so five years ago you wouldn't hear Afro House in Kampala you wouldn't hear you know Gengeton from Kenya in Kampala you wouldn't hear Kuduro from Angola in Kampala and now you go to the club and DJs are really you know mixing up all these things and I remember when Kampire started to DJ and she's you know one of our sort of famous um, uh, DJs that's toured a lot and I remember her playing at a, a, a sort of a corporate Ugandan event and after playing 20 minutes of only African music someone came to her from the staff and said can we please just play from our phone because we don't like this European music you know and 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 that's just you know that's a probably in Indonesia when people hear Gaber Modis Operandi or Rajakiri or you know whatever the you know Yes No Wave and Walk and these guys are, are, are putting out they might also feel like oh you know like you're just trying to you know, tour in Germany or, you know, you're, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a problem all over sort of non-Western uh, worlds where people are on one side being really forced to assert their identity because the, the world is being, trying to box them in and it's, it's quite oppressive. And so finding out what is their culture, who they are, and at the same time, having a lot of people that want to get out of that you know, that are oppressed by their own culture and that don't want to do what everybody else is doing. And, you know, in, in a space where the government has no means to facilitate that, that means that it, it needs to be tied up with audiences embracing it. And so it's really, and, and this is, I think, you know, the, yeah, the, the world is, is, is going through similar things everywhere, I think. And a lot of African artists that, that tour around the world, most of them, are not playing at home uh, or maybe not even known at home, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, it's a, it's a problem because you don't have any, anybody here at home to finance it. So you need to find audiences. 
And when your audiences are outside of your country, naturally you need to interact with them because they make you, they make you exist in a, in a, in a certain way. And so, but for a lot of these artists that tour in Europe, all they want is just to play for, to play at home or to play in other African countries. And, um, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. Thank you, Derek, for talking to us about Nyege Nyege. So we have now reached segment three, Houseworks, Music from Things at Home. The first track is titled 524AM from Ruma Rimao Dapur, which is an ongoing arts residency for cats hosted by artists Tini and Zarina. The cats featured in this track include Cleo, Charlie, Baba and Buddy, as well as their humans.
you just heard a track called Home Tone by Sinet. Sinet, or better known also by his real name, Dennis Wong, is an improviser, experimentalist and noise practitioner from Hong Kong, best known for being a co-founder of a label, Re-Records, second, and also running a prolific concert series called Noise the Signal and a festival series called Kill the Silence. And the next track is titled Noise Story by Wu Jun Huan, who is a visual arts practitioner from Singapore who has recently been dabbling in sound. He is also one half of Duo Pupa, who we had the pleasure of programming at the Black Kaji Extra New Sasone at the substation. Wu Jun Han's interest is in field recordings and playing with cassette tapes.
So we're at segment four now, something called Making Audible. We will be featuring a text by Cyril Wong, read by Rebecca Sangita Dore, and with music and sounds by 12 Dot Cycle. Rebecca Sangita Dore is a theatre practitioner and also a VO artist. And Cyril Wong is a poet and writer. Cyril was previously featured in our festival Play Freely. So the group 12 Dog Cycle is made up of Alice Huixiong Chang, originally from Taiwan, and Nigel Brown, originally from Australia. Alice also has been featured in the previous Play Freely Festival. They, um, they are now based in Tainan, Taiwan, and they run an extremely important uh, sound organization there called Ting Shuo, which is translated to hearsay. So these three different artists were put together by Black Country Radio to create a collaborative track that's titled Zeitgeist Without Music after Cyril's original poem. This is our farewell before a live studio audience. We gave what we most needed which made the only difference. We were ragged fingernails digging into the back of a world that had turned away. If it turned around for an instant, would we meet the facelessness of society or of God? We never stopped touching for the sake of touching. When necessary, we were full of rage. Still, the world did not turn. And still, we shouted, we raged, our bodies were our voices, the ones nobody would hear in centuries to come. There will be others, we console ourselves, which is of course, no consolation at all. We keep giving even now, until flesh melts to ash. Our names evaporated tears. We switch off televisions, close our books, and shut our eyes because we are ready. We take a couple of steps into the glow. The audience merely in our heads, nodding facelessly in the dark. And then the house lights come on, too glaring so everyone forgets. All the people easing from their seats and shuffling to the door, scratching parts of themselves, or bringing watches closer to their eyes.
like the facelessness of society or of God, we never stop touching for the sake of touching. We've reached the end of episode 3 of Black Country Radio. This has been brought to you by Ujikaji and the Observatory. And you can download any of the um, additional track information and artist bios from our websites. So see you in two weeks' time for the concluding episode of Black Country Radio. Mm-hmm.